0: This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Throughout life, we continue to shape our microbiomes. In fact, I view them as a, in adulthood as a history of your exposures in life. Things like pharmaceuticals, diet, infection, sex hormones, even environmental toxicants can serve as strong selective pressures on which microbes are present and what they're producing and, therefore, how they're interacting with the host. And to really reinforce this and add to the complexity, if we take a point in time, not all microbiomes are equal. This is a study of a, uh, the gut microbiome in developing and developed nations, in adults in this case. Here in red and green, we have gut microbiomes of Malawian and Amerindian populations. In blue, we have the U.S. population. And basically, each spot is a profile of what type of bacteria were in the gut microbiome of these individuals. And how we work through this immense amount of data that we generate is we ask how similar is microbiome profile A to all of the other microbiome profiles in our cohort. And we calculate a distance. How similar is it? How close is it in terms of which microbes are there and what relative abundance, how much of them are there? And that's just a visualization of this distance calculation. So if we have two spots representing two gut microbiomes of individuals in these studies that are closely uh, plotted beside one another, it means that those two gut microbiomes are very similar to one another. But what you can starkly see in this is the U.S. gut microbiomes are very different from those of the Amerindian and the Malawian population. And even though the Malawian and the Amerindian populations are on two different continents, their gut microbiomes in these less developed nations are more like each other than they are like a US population gut microbiome. To reinforce what we've done to our microbiomes in the US, this is just looking at the number of types of bacteria that were detected across these populations. We have severely reduced the breadth of diversity in the number of different types of bacteria in the US population compared to those in less developed nations. And the really wonderful thing about this study is we got indications why this might be happening. When the study examined with shotgun metagenomics, looking at all the genes and the pathways in these microbiomes, what really differed between these populations, what was really striking is that the adult population of Amerindian and Malawians were really enriched for alpha amylases, So this is an enzyme that breaks down complex plant polysaccharides. So the diet in Malawi and in the Merindian population is predominantly a plant polysaccharide, a plant-based diet. In the U.S. population, we see huge enrichment of microbial metabolic pathways for processing simple sugars, found in processed foods, as we all know. So at least one... Feature, one thing that we know is driving these differences in the gut microbiome across these populations is differences in diet, in what we consume. And this was reinforced even more recently by Pete Turnbaugh, who is a faculty member here. This was a really wonderful diet, diet based study of 10 individuals. And what Peter did was he took those individuals and looked at how a plant-based or an animal-based diet may actually influence a healthy gut microbiome. And here we're just showing you the amount of fiber in their diet of these individuals before they started the study. Then they got, you know, four days of a plant-based diet are the other participants got four days of an animal-based diet. And as you would expect, the fiber content with the plant-based diet or the plant polysaccharide content goes up quite high. In an animal-based diet, it's very low. Also, the fat intake is lower in the plant-based diet compared to the animal-based diet diet. And the protein uh, content is also dramatically different across these two diets. And he could track that these key dietary components really shift with the introduction of either a plant-based diet or an animal-based diet. What was really striking is that when Peter calculated, again, the distance, how similar are the microbiomes of the individual's after they start their plant-based diet compared to before they started their plant-based diet, didn't really see much in the way of change. Plant-based diet doesn't really perturb the gut microbiome. However, in comparison, the animal-based diet introduction really increased this distance. And what that tells us is that microbiome is very different from the microbiome that was there before the introduction of the plant-based diet. But it's not just about changing the composition of the microbiome that matters. What the study also showed is that you change the molecular output of the microbiome by changing the diet. And here we can see that two key short-chain fatty acids, acetate and butyrate, were significantly reduced in the animal-based diet versus the plant-based diet. And that makes sense because these are the products of microbial fermentation of plants, of fiber, and what's really critical is these short-chain fatty acids are crucial energy sources for the cells that line the gut, they're anti-proliferative, and they're anti-inflammatory. And we think they've become these, they've, they have these activities because we've co-evolved with these microbes who traditionally have fermented our plant-based diet into these small molecules which quench inflammation and promote kind of health in the system. And so, based on this, I'm sure you're not going to be surprised that we're finding an ever increasing range of diseases are related to perturbations to the microbiome. And things, you know, like the skin microbiome is perturbed in dermatological conditions, like psoriasis, for example. But what's really exciting is that we are now seeing that conditions like obesity is also linked to gut microbiome perturbation. But what's most exciting for me is that we're finding that conditions that are very difficult to treat and that we really don't have a handle on, like depression and autism spectrum disorder, are also linked to perturbations in the gut microbiome, suggesting that the gut microbiome may actually influence remote organs, And there's a couple of really key seminal studies that have shown this. They've shown that perturbations in the gut microbiome are associated with autism spectrum disorder and also with cardiovascular disease. But importantly, what these studies have shown is that it's microbial metabolites, microbial products that are responsible for these disorders. And much of this work has been done in mice with some follow-up work in humans. So it suggests that the gut is not like vagus. What happens in the gut doesn't stay in the gut. It actually enters the circulation, and these small molecules, and perhaps there's some inklings even microbes themselves, may actually translocate to other sites across the body and change the physiology of the organs there, contributing the, the health or disease of those remote organs.